We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Pacer fans, what's going on? Welcome back to Episode 5 here of the Point Guard Chronicles on PacersTalk.net. We're going to be joined today by Andy Larson to talk about Ricky Rubio. My man Fachi is here with me. Fachi, how'd you like this conversation? I loved it. It's getting me excited. All this free agency talk makes it seem like it's about June 30th instead of uh, mid-May. But hey, I'll take it. Yeah, Andy was really fun. It was really interesting talking to him. And we interviewed Andy on, I think it was Tuesday, so this is airing a couple days after, right before the draft lottery, we did this recording. So, uh, yeah, I hope you guys sit back, relax, and enjoy this show. And make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at SettingThePace3. Pacer fans, welcome back to another episode of the Point Guard Chronicles here on PacersTalk.net. I'm your host, Alex Golden, and joining me today is my co-host, Mike Fachi. Fachi, how you doing, man? I am doing great. Excited to talk some off-season potential free agents. Yes, sir, and we are joined today by our special guest. You can find him on Twitter at Andy B. Larson, L-A-R-S-E-N. He covers the Utah Jazz, and we're going to be talking about Ricky Rubio. So, Andy, how's it going, man? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. We are so glad you were able to come on and be with us today. Um, busy day ahead of us all as the draft lottery is tonight. We're recording this around 6.30 on Tuesday, May 14th. So, Andy, I just got to ask you, man, uh, Ricky Rubio, how has that experiment gone for you guys in Utah? Yeah, no, I, you know, I, I think it's been up and down to be frank and you know I think some of that is Ricky Rubio's inconsistency and you know there are times where he's played like a kind of a legitimate second or third scorer type where you know I, I remember last year in the playoffs especially against Oklahoma City um, you know he had that triple double game against Ricky Rubio or against sorry Russell Westbrook 
Um, and you may remember Russell Westbrook saying, hey, I'm going to shut that whatever off uh, and, you know, stop allowing Ricky Rubio to score as well as he, as he didn't get that game three. Um, but, you know, it, it always hasn't been that positive. There have also been times where uh, he hasn't been able to get the shot to fall and he's been very turnover prone at times. And um, while I, I think the defense has been a constant um, and, and it really his ability to get loose balls, his ability to, to get some steals that I don't know a lot of other point guards are getting in the NBA, um, he's, he's a very smart defender. Um, you know, there's, it's just kind of one of those things where I think at this point the Jazz are probably going to be moving on just because they, they probably need more shooting at that spot, especially, you know, if they're going to continue to start Derek Favors and Rudy Gobert. You know, Andy, you, you touched on it before that the shooting has always been an issue. You know, he's old, Rubio's always been someone who infatuated me. I mean, there was the mystery early on when he got drafted, had to spend two extra years in Spain, uh, and passing has always been his best attribute. But his shot has just never quite been there. He's gotten a little bit better over the last couple of years. But do you see that shot improving as he moves on potentially from the Jazz? Can he ever get up to that potentially 44, 45% from the field? I mean, I, I think honestly, maybe the more logical way for that to happen is rather than improving the outside shot is getting better around the rim where quite frankly in Minnesota he was terrible and, and you know it advanced to below average during his jazz seasons but still you know was was not a strength there but he has shown like the ability to he's got a nice actually reverse layup but it, it does seem like he just kind of blows easy finishes sometimes and so yeah you know from a shooting percentage point of view I, I think maybe he could get there from a uh, floor spacing from an outside shooting point of view I, I you know I, I don't think that it's really wise to bet on a you know a 28 year old point guard improving significantly uh mm-hmm. at that spot you know we we I guess we've seen it at times in in the NBA um you know Jason Kidd memorably got a lot better at, at shooting in his final few seasons um but you know there's just been a lot of point guards who uh have not improved enough to be real threats out there and so you know there's a a real worry that you know Ricky doesn't ever become someone that defenses really have to worry about from outside, you know, 18 feet or so. Well, you guys obviously need to upgrade your point guard situation with, you know, Utah and the Pacers are kind of in the same boat in a lot of areas with the same as Utah. It's kind of funny how these teams do kind of mirror each other with what they're looking to add in free agency. So you guys are looking to upgrade. Do you think that Ricky Rubio would be a significant upgrade over Darren Collison if the Pacers do go that route? I, I mean, he'd be different, right? And, and so I'd say, first of all, he's got more size than Darren Collison. Um, I, I think there's a question of who's a better defender, but personally, I'd probably pick Rubio. Um, obviously, Collison is a is a better outside shooter when he does shoot it. Um, but And he, Rubio probably makes more sense as a fit on the Indiana Pacers because, you know, you've got – Miles Turner shooting, who has the ability to shoot a little bit from center. You've got Thaddeus Young, presumably, um, who can shoot a little bit. You know, everyone else can kind of shoot in that roster where the Jazz's big men can't, and that's that's kind of a real concern for your spacing, right? So, like, I guess I think Ricky Rubio would be a better fit with the Indiana Pacers than uh, he was with the Utah Jazz. I, I don't know that it's, like, a definite talent upgrade over Darren Collison, if that makes sense. You know, a thing that I always loved about 
you know, Rubio, we mentioned before his passing ability. I mean, in, in the past with Minnesota, he maybe his stats might have been, I don't know if you want to call it a little bit, um, you know, skewed. just kind of skewed a little bit by averaging over eight assists, over nine assists. But it was encouraging to see him on a winning team with Utah. You know, the, the pass first point guard isn't something we see too much now. Do you think moving forward he's going to be someone that can get back to that potentially nine assists, or does it all just kind of – do you want to take the ball out of his hands a little bit more than compared to the past? No, I think, honestly, that was one of his problems in Utah is that you, know, uh, you look at Quinn Snyder's point guards and their their assist totals really are kind of limited by the system. And it's it's funny, it's such an egalitarian system, really, that you you end up having a lot of ball handlers. And so, you know, the, the second half of the year, for example, Joe Ingles had more assists than Ricky Rubio did. And that was mostly because, you know, pick and roll with Joe Ingles was, was better than Ricky Rubio pick and rolls because Joe Ingles can shoot. Now, mm-hmm. um, I, I do think that if you put him with a pick and pop big like he had in Minnesota, first with Kevin Love, then with Carl Anthony Towns, um, he's really good at that and has shown an ability to make those that right pass, make spaces for his big men uh, over and over again, even, you know, whether that was with Minnesota or with the Spanish national team. He's um, he's phenomenal at that. So I think there are again some good reasons to think that he would be able to get up to that those high assist totals in an Indiana Pacers uniform. Um, you know whether or not that leads to necessarily better offense, or whether you're kind of getting more assists from Ricky and, and less assists from someone like Anola Depot is is a real question. Um, and, and yeah, kind of what your overall offensive efficiency looks like but I I don't think it would necessarily be broken and I think there are reasons to be optimistic yeah and there's one thing that I do have a little bit of a concern with is his injury history I know early on in his career he struggled with that more now the last couple seasons he's played around 70 games average wise but he played 68 this year do you think there is you know a concern there with his durability yeah I I would say a minor concern you know I, I think uh, it was a hamstring issue that kept him out of the second round of the playoffs last season. This season, he did fight that same hamstring issue in, uh, I believe it was January and February, and then again in a little bit in April. Um, and so, yeah, you know, I, I think it's fair to say that if you have the same kind of soft m- muscle issue for the two years in a row, that that's, that's something to be concerned about. You know, I, I, I don't know that it's, uh, career debilitating by any means, and I, you know, I, I don't think it's really reduced his effectiveness when he's played. Um, but it, it's, yeah, I, I don't think it's super wise to count on Rubio playing 82 games in a year. It, it's probably going to be one of those guys who does play 70, you know, in that range of 70 games, and then you you do need to have like a, a decent enough backup point guard who can uh, play that role a little bit if if he is out for that time. You know, Andy, while the market's changed a lot since the last time Rubio was a free agent, I mean, he signed a four-year $55 million deal last time, which now would, would be considered a bargain. As he hits free agency this time, what do you see Rubio's number to be around in the offseason? I, I think he'll get less on his next contract than he will now, and, or than he, yeah, than he did in his last contract, I should say. So I think he's making less than 15 million, which was the number in his last, the, the last year of his deal. Um, you know, I, I think we understand more about what uh, shooting does for point guards in the NBA. I think we understand more about 
what Ricky's value is. And, and quite frankly, you know, when he signed that second deal, there was still a lot of, there was a lot more potential there, right? When you're, when you're mm-hmm. signing a 23, 24-year-old to a deal, you're, you're kind of hoping that they hit the higher end of their potential. And I think it's fair to argue that Ricky's only in, been in the medium or low uh, range of what kind of people thought he could be. So um, to me, I, I think, you know, you're looking at kind of a mid-level-ish deal that's around $9 million a year this season. And, um, you know, maybe if you're the team that really wants Ricky Rubio, you, you pay above the mid-level. So uh, other teams with that mid-level can't get him with it. But um, yeah, I, I think it's in that nine to ten to you know maybe twelve million dollar a year range. But I, I don't know that anyone's going to necessarily go higher than that. I would be surprised. So I, from what I'm hearing you say, you know you don't think Rubio is, uh, you know, a great starting point guard in the league. He's a pretty solid one, but nothing special. And so, getting around nine to million dollars, that means he's going to probably have to wait a while to see where the other point guards in front of him in that class. Land. So do you think he's more of a, a late signing, probably middle of July type player or maybe even late July? Yeah, you know, I, I think that's that's fair. And I think yeah, for most of the teams that really want a point guard, you know, you you guys, uh, Chicago, Orlando, Phoenix, et cetera, I think will look at other options before they go with Ricky as, as kind of their, their next option. I don't know that he's the top guy for anybody. I know Chicago has been interested in, and Ricky in the past um, as kind of a point guard as to be that pass first guy to help their young bigs come along. Um, and, and so maybe that to me might be his most logical destination at this point. But yeah, I, I don't think he signs early. I think what he ends up signing for is will depend drastically on what other free agents do. And that's, that's kind of where he is right now. You know, I, I think you you kind of nailed it. He's a, I think he's a starting point guard in the NBA. Absolutely. I think he's a, you know, given the depth of talent at point guard, I think he's probably a below average starting point guard and uh, is probably someone that you, uh, you know, if you have other options, you should evaluate those other options before you necessarily commit everything to Rubio on, on July 1. Yeah, it's a great point. Uh, Alex also touched on it a little bit earlier, bringing up Darren Collison, who is set to hit free agency. You know, Collison kind of excels in areas that Rubio is um, lacking in when, when you're talking about shooting. You know, t- just two years ago, Collison led the league in three-point right. shooting at basically 47%. You know, he's a consistent guy to be able to shoot 45 46%. Does when you If you were comparing the two of them, is it worth to re-sign Collison and maybe a backup role for about 5 or $6 million, Or would you rather go with Rubio at maybe around 10 knowing that, hey, maybe there is still more potential as Rubio is about four years younger than Collison? I personally would go uh, Collison for the cheaper deal um, and on a, on a shorter contract. And, and honestly, that's, that's hard. I, I do think Ricky is is a is a valuable player, but you know I I think you 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 can do stuff with the difference in the money, and I I don't know that Ricky will make you regret not signing him if that makes sense. You know I think there may still be potential there, and certainly he thinks he can be a better player. I think it's fair to say that he could still be a better player, but um, you know I I also worry about how point guards age as they get into their thirties as well. So. Um, you know, I, I guess it kind of depends if you're looking. I, I don't think either guy is going to be your long-term answer at the position, barring a, a big jump in, in Ricky Rubio's play. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's that's, a, that's a hard decision. I, I, I Personally, I would probably lean Collison 
given the shooting, I wish Collison shot the ball more often, but nevertheless, he does provide a threat for defenses out there that I think uh, may be harder for defenses to guard than, than what Ricky does, even though you know he is one of the best, best passers in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'd rather have Rubio more so for his defense because Collison is such a liability defensively. Yeah, uh, that's that's kind of why I would lean that way. I mean, I guess the money would make a big difference here. If it's a three million dollar difference, then yeah, maybe you settle for Collison. But uh, just to kind of piggyback off that question, Fachi, just ask you my last question for you as well. If you're looking at this Pacers roster, would it be smart for them to bring in a guy like Rubio, a veteran, maybe for a short term deal, and let Aaron Holiday kind of groom as a backup? Or would you rather just let Holiday kind of, you know, just learn on the fly and get that experience? And even though the Pacers might struggle and lose some games from his inexperience, go that route and see if you know there's something special in this young rookie that they drafted last year. I'm I'm kind of a believer that players are going to be at the level that uh, they're going to be at, kind of regardless of how many minutes you play them. And, and maybe that's a little bit unfair, but. I, I truly believe that, you know, if Aaron Holiday is going to be a starting point guard in the NBA, he will make it known by virtue of his play being a, a backup as well. So, personally, I, I think you guys have, the Indiana Pacers have enough going on uh, with with Depot, with Miles Turner, with, you know, Bogdanovic, if, if, he, if he returns, and I kind of expect him to, um, then, you know, that you probably don't want to put your season in the hands of a pretty unestablished point guard. And so I would at least be looking to get someone uh, to be soaking up some of those minutes with the, maybe with some flexibility there that if holiday does become a, a starting caliber point guard, then, then you can make a move and, and kind of figure it out later with, you know, it's, it's just better to have kind of the overabundance of talent rather than having a, a gaping hole at a very important position. All right. Do you have any more questions, Fachi? No, no, Andy. I definitely appreciate you coming on. You know, all this free agent talk is really getting me excited because obviously rooting for a team that's not still in it. Hey, you got to get happy about something. <laughs> yep, that's exactly right. All right, guys. Once again, you can follow Andy on Twitter at Andy B Larson L A R S E N. He's a great follow. Does a great job covering the Jazz. And you can check him out on the radio on Tuesday, 7 to 9 p.m. on ESPN 700 out there in Utah. So, Andy, once again, we thank you so much, and we'll hope to have you on again soon. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Well, Pacer fans, you heard it. Ricky Rubio to the Pacers? Mm, could be. Could not. We'll see. Depending on how things shake out, he's definitely not our top option, but he could be an upgrade over Darren Collison. Other side, though, do you want to give this opportunity to Aaron Holiday and obviously not break the bank on a point guard? A lot of options to weigh, and that is why we're going to keep coming with the Point Guard Chronicles on Setting the Pace. And remember, guys, follow us on at Setting the Pace 3, and please rate and review on iTunes. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. 
Granger for the ones who get it done.